Elijah's failing also leads to an amazing interaction with the Lord. And that's what I love so much about Jesus, is that Jesus doesn't run away from us in our failings. Jesus runs toward us. You know, Jesus is not scared of our inadequacies. He knows it completely. And yet, he leverages those moments to do some of the most amazing things. Life is a mix of highs and lows, mountains and valleys. And often it seems like your lowest points come on the heels of your biggest victories. This is exactly what happened to Elijah. Right after being a part of God's amazing display of power, he finds himself running away to the desert, afraid for his life. But as Pastor Daniel shares today, God meets him there, just like he did for Elijah. God wants to leverage your failures for your growth and freedom. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in 1 Kings chapter 19 as he begins his message, Fear, Faith, and Friendship. Can we be honest for a second? Life is so interesting and unique. We have these moments that are just so extraordinary, but oftentimes, unfortunately, the moments that are extraordinary are kind of followed by great calamities. Over the years, what I have learned in my own life is that when, right as you hit a mountaintop, oftentimes a valley comes right after it. The number of times for me as a pastor where after an amazing day at church where people are putting their faith and trust in Jesus, we're seeing people's lives change, you know, and I'm just like, you ride in the high and all of a sudden you go home and then like your six-year-old says something that's not so nice and you find yourself with your feelings all hurt. Like where it's like you just had this great amazing moment and then right after it, the wheels fall off. Am I the only one who's like that? I don't think so. I think all of us understand that life has has this amazing tendency to have highs and lows, good times and not so good times. And in a lot of ways, with each step of our journeys, we're learning so much, not only about who the Lord is, but who we are. I think that's the beauty of life. The beauty of life is that in every step, you learn both who you are and who the Lord is. And, and really, those two, that double barrel right there, who am I and who is the Lord, that's the great curriculum of life. And, and we're seeing, as we've been looking at the life of the prophet Elijah, he just had his great victory on Mount Carmel. I mean, I try and imagine myself, even as after we talked about it in the last message, I spent some time just trying to imagine what it would feel like to be Elijah. I mean, first, you know, he said it wasn't going to rain unless that is word. And then there's been no rain. And there's this great famine. And then he, there's that high noon, the main event on Mount Carmel. There's just him. And there's the people who are there. They're watching. And then there's all the prophets of Baal, the prophets of Asher. They're all there. And sure enough, God brings fire down from heaven, consumes it. And then Elijah just takes it. And then, man, we're going to get rid of all these prophets of Baal. Oh, yeah. And then I'm going to pray. And 
then it's going to rain again. And sure enough, he prays a number of times and he sees the cloud and then it starts raining. And you can just imagine at that moment in the life of the prophet Elijah, how he, I mean, he just hit the apex. I mean, he just repeated the championship. He just broke the internet. He, you know, he just, you know, made a billion dollars in one day in the stock market. You put whatever your analogy is, Elijah as a prophet just did that. But that moment lasts just for a moment. Because after this great, epic, apex moment in his life, Elijah's still got all sorts of things that he's going to learn about himself. And in a lot of ways, that's what we see about ourselves. So often after our greatest victories come the most challenging moments. I mean, I, I don't know about you. I just wish sometimes it's like, you know, you just, you hit a good stride and everything's going good and it just goes good for a while. But life has a tendency just to be a, you know, you're moving from the next thing to the next thing. There's one wave moving to the next wave. And, and, and we see that in an extraordinary way in the life of Elijah. But here's what I want to let you know up front is that Elijah's failing also leads to an amazing interaction with the Lord. And that's what I love so much about Jesus, is that Jesus doesn't run away from us in our failings. Jesus runs toward us. You know, Jesus is not scared of our inadequacies. He knows it completely. And yet, he leverages those moments to do some of the most amazing things. And so, today we're going to talk about Three areas of life that are real for all of us, fear, faith, and friendship. In order to get at that, open your Bibles to 1 Kings chapter 19. 1 Kings chapter 19, as we continue looking at the life of the prophet Elijah. You know, 1 Kings, if you either open another browser window or open up, you know, the Crossroads mobile app and type in 1 Kings 19 or your favorite Bible app or your favorite browser window, or if you're looking through the Bible, it's pretty easy to find. It's towards the beginning of your Bible. It's right in between 2 Samuel and 2 Kings. So you find 1 and 2 Samuel, 1 and 2 Kings. We're in 1 Kings chapter 19, and it says this. Verse 1, it says, And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, also how he executed all the prophets with the sword. And then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, so let the gods do to me and more also if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and he ran for his life. He went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and he left his servant there and But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree and he prayed that he might die. And he prayed uh, and then he said, it is enough. Now, Lord, take my life for I am no better than my father's. Verse five. Then as he lay and slept under the broom tree, suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, arise and eat. Then he looked and there was by his head was a cake baked on coals in a jar of water. So he ate and drank, and he lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came back a second time, touched him, and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for you. So he arose, and he ate and he drank. And he went in the strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights as far as Horeb, the mountain of God, 
And there he went into a cave and he spent the night in that place. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars and killed your prophets with the sword. I am alone and left and they seek to take my life. Now, this is kind of an extraordinary moment because remember, Elijah just had that great victory on Mount Carmel where God showed himself strong and the people turn. Oh, God is God. It's, that's not Baal. But sure enough, after this great victory on Mount Carmel, the evil King Ahab went and told his evil wife, Queen Jezebel, what Elijah had done, how Elijah had called down fire, how he executed all the prophets. And then Jezebel sent a message to Elijah saying, so let the gods do to me and more also if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And notice verse three, and when he saw that, he arose and he ran for his life. My friends, you know what the principle here is? Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Now, I bring this up because what's so fascinating about this is we have this tendency to think that the great victory of yesterday is going to sustain us today, right? Like, even though there was this extraordinary victory, once Jezebel hears and she sends a messenger to tell Elijah, if I don't kill him like he killed the prophets of Baal, I want the gods to kill me. All of a sudden, Elijah loses it. And and you almost think to yourself, how is this possible? This is the prophet Elijah. I mean, this great prophet, this man of God, this guy who God has used in such powerful ways. And now all of a sudden, because the queen is threatening him, he's running for his life. And the answer is, is yes. That's exactly what's happening. Because we have this tendency to think that just because we had a great day yesterday, that today's going to be great as well. Just because we walked with great faith yesterday, that today we're going to be walking amazing. You know, it's interesting, uh, in the research on vulnerability uh, by uh, sociologist Brene Brown, she calls this the vulnerability hangover. Many of us know what this is like. After a great moment where, where you, you put yourself out there and something amazing happens, the greatest feelings of shame and fear come on the heels of that. You know, and I think we have this tendency to look at the characters of the Bible and forget that they're just people like everyone else. They're broken people who God uses in powerful ways, just like you and just like me. See, I think sometimes we have a tendency to get down on ourselves because we don't have all the stuff together. And then you look at Elijah, he just had this great victory. And right as Jezebel threatens him, I mean, God just rained fire down from heaven. But now he's scared of the threats of this queen. And I think it's so true that it's like that for us as well. I I think life, we we want life to be so steady and so logical, but oftentimes life's not steady and it's emotional. Sometimes we have these great moments of trust and other times we have great times of fear. And we see this in the life of Elijah. I mean, listen to what it says in Joshua chapter one, verse nine about not being afraid. It says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. See, Joshua is reminding the children of Israel that, listen, don't be dismayed. Don't, God's with you. And the same is true for us as followers of Jesus today. You know, many of us right now, there's circumstances going on in your life. God has done miraculous things in your life. But what God has done in the past is not in any way 
encouraging you in the present because for whatever reason you're fearful and you're freaked out right now and you think man i don't know how this is going to work out this is it but even you've seen god do amazing things in the past and we have to learn how to take the testimony of what god has done in our past and and help that to frame what's happening right now man i've seen this so many times in my own life it's it's extraordinary because you know sometimes god does amazing things and the next moment you're freaked out like, I remember one time I was traveling cross-culturally, and I remember we, we went on out, we, we, we got off a plane, and we drove, it was like six hours to go out to this meeting. We're in like the middle of nowhere uh, in India at the time, and I remember by the time we got there, I was so exhausted, I was jet-lagged, you know, and I got to this meeting, and the person who was supposed to speak wasn't there, so he said, Fusco, you preach. And so, you know, I'm like, oh, I'll go up there and preach. Now, I didn't ask any questions. I just went up there. Now, what I didn't realize was that it was a meeting. There was government officials there and there was local people there. And you're really not supposed to preach Jesus is the only way, right? But no one told me that. And I believe Jesus is the only way. So I didn't ask any questions. And I, you know, I always make that joke that you have to um, don't ask for permission. Just ask for forgiveness later. And so after it was done, I, I went from uh, Acts chapter 17, the unknown God. Jesus is the only way. There's no other name under salvation, under heaven by which you must be saved. And I preach this. And I said, and if anybody wants to receive Jesus or receive prayer, come on forward. And in this hall of like a thousand people, like 980 of them got up. And me and these other pastors who I was with and the, and, and the person who put on the meeting, they're like, man, what is it? And we prayed for folks, laid hands, anointed with oil, folks for like three hours. And, and God did an amazing work. But right after that, right after I prayed for the last person, like, we need to get you out of here. Why? Because you preach Jesus is the only way. The cops are coming. People are angry. And instead of being like, look, God just moved on people's lives. I automatically got totally freaked out. Totally freaked out. Like, like, like I had all this faith to trust that Jesus could save all these people, but I didn't have enough faith that if God called me here, he's going to protect me in this moment. And I totally freaked out on the inside. And in a lot of ways, I see this in the life of Elijah, and I see this in our lives as well. God can do anything. He's done extraordinary things. And right as, right as Jezebel threatens Elijah... He freaks out and he runs. Now, you got to realize that Elijah has been in the north of Israel. And so when he chooses to run, obviously he goes to Beersheba, which belongs in Judah. So he's, he's heading south, right? He left a servant there in Beersheba. Then he himself took another day's journey, it says, into the wilderness. In the, in the Hebrew, it's the word Negev, which is the southern desert in the south part of Israel, you know. And sure enough, you know, he's, he falls asleep under this broom tree, which was not, didn't give a lot of shade, but gave enough shade for the climate he was in. And he lay down. And, and what's amazing is, is the Lord starts speaking to him, you know, and provides for him again, just the way he did before. Remember when God fed him with, with, with ravens and the water from the brook? Now, you know, he, he wakes on up and there's a cake baked and, and, and you know, there's, there's some bread that's baked and there's a jar of water. And, and God is supernaturally, again, providing for Elijah, right? And, and then Elijah falls asleep again. He gets woken up again. Here, take some. You need more food. And then he travels 40 days and 40 nights as far as Horeb. Now, what's amazing is, is really Elijah is taking that trek back that the children of Israel took on their way out of Egypt because Horeb was where God met with Moses. And, 
And so, and so he travels all the way back towards Mount Sinai, toward, towards that whole area where the children of Israel had been wandering in the wilderness. So he takes this long journey. And what's amazing is, is over all of these days, right, the Lord says to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? And in verse 10, Elijah's like, I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant and torn down your altars and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they seek my life. Now, you realize what he's doing. Elijah is completely accentuating the negative, and that's what happens when we get fearful. We think everything that could possibly go wrong is going wrong. He didn't say, listen, the children had forsaken you, but we just had this showdown on Mount Carmel, and you rain down fire, and all the people repent, and they kill all the prophets. And, you know, listen, I'm just freaked out because Jezebel's trying to kill me. But instead, all he can focus on is all the bad things that are wrong. And listen, fear is real, but it's still a liar. Fear takes things that are true and applies it in ways that are false. He's saying, listen, just kill me. Just get, just get rid of me. I don't even want to deal with this. He's beside himself. And, and I think sometimes we forget that people who God uses in mighty ways are still just flawed humans. But we see this in the life of Elijah. He is completely freaked out. He doesn't have any perspective. But what I love so much about the Lord is that when we find ourselves freaking out, the Lord loves to give us perspective. Look at what happens next. Verse 11, 1 Kings 19, it says, Then he said, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. And so it was when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and he went out and he stood in the entrance of the cave. Suddenly a voice came to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts because the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars and killed your prophets with the sword and I alone am left and they seek to take my life. Then the Lord said to him, Go return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you arrive, anoint Hazael as king over Syria. Also, you shall anoint Jehu, the son of Nimshi, as king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shaphat, of Abel-Meholah, you shall anoint as prophet in your place. It shall be that whoever escapes the sword of Hazael, Jehu will kill. And whoever escapes the sword of Jehu, Elisha will kill. Yet I have reserved 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed to Baal, and every mouth that has not kissed him. Now you see what happens. As Elijah's there on Mount Horeb, God wants to meet with Elijah. God isn't going to waste Elijah's freak out session. God wants to do a work there. And so, sure enough, God is reminding Elijah of something very, very simple that we need to remember. And it's simply this, that you and I, we need to learn how to encounter Jesus in stillness. See, Elijah just had the pyrotechnics of Mount Carmel. He was just being fed miraculously. And and as all of these different kind of 
loud cataclysmic things are happening. It keeps saying that the Lord is not in it. The Lord was not in the strong wind. And, and that wind was so strong, it broke the rocks of the mountain. God wasn't in the earthquake. God wasn't in the fire. He wasn't in all the big, loud things. God wanted to speak to Elijah in a still, small voice. And what I've learned in my own life is that so much of our life is kind of lived in times of spectacle, right? Like we have the big things, the big, you know, the, the loud things, the pomp and all this stuff. But really, God loves to meet with us in that still small voice. And we have to find in the midst of a loud world, places of silence, solitude in our own hearts where God can speak, where God can whisper to us. You know, and I don't know what your world looks like today, but I realize that our world is getting louder and louder by the moment. Listen, don't get me wrong. I'm not against technology. I love the fact that I can find out what's happening anywhere in the world in an instant. Just pull out my phone, pull out a computer. You know, I love the fact that I can listen to music of any sort all the time. I can stream it from multiple. I love the technologies that we have. But what I'm also reminded is that in a loud world, God wants to make my heart and our heart places of stillness, of silence and solitude where he can speak to us. And if we are not intentional about cultivating that, we could end up like Elijah, where we're just, we move from one big thing to the next big thing, event to event, hoping that these epic experiences are going to sustain us, but we're seeing it in the life of Elijah that it really doesn't. You know, we, we've talked about this. 2020 has been a year of renewal. We want to be with Jesus. And so we want to encounter Jesus in stillness. Of course, Psalm 46, verses 10 and 11 says it this way. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted on the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. You know, one of the things God's been really speaking to me about in our time in quarantine is that God wants to make Crossroads a house of prayer for all nations. He wants us to be not just a church that prays, but a praying church. And really, in order for Crossroads to be a house of prayer, each one of our lives needs to be a house of prayer. Our homes need to be a house of prayer. We need to learn how to shut the noise off and tune in to the hush, whispering voice of the Lord. We need to be able to hear God's still, small voice. I think for many of us, God has been whispering to us, and we've been waiting for the earthquake. We've been waiting for the wind that's so strong that it will break the rocks. We've been waiting for the fire. And it's amazing how often that we can, we're always looking for, where's the fire? Where, where can I experience God in power? And, and I'm not saying that's wrong. It happens. But really, God likes to speak to us quietly. He wants our hearts to be tuned in to the frequency of his whisper, his subtle voice. You know, and in a culture that likes it louder, more pyrotechnics, I feel like we're losing that as a culture. And I believe it's something that as we're seeing it in the life of Elijah, you know, his faith was not sustained by the epic happening on Mount Carmel. But when God meets him in a still small voice, 
Elijah gets his marching orders. He, he learns what's going on. Jesus is real. So many voices are constantly bombarding your mind. We live in a world filled with noise, and it seems like it's getting louder every day. Today, Pastor Daniel pointed out that, like Elijah, you can hear the voice of God in stillness. You can break free from the noise and quiet your mind so that you can hear from the Lord. You are encouraged to be intentional about slowing down, settling your mind, and seeking what God has for you. Pastor Daniel's message today is just one of many he shared from a variety of books in the Bible. Would you like to explore more? Just visit JesusIsRealRadio.com to access our library of audio. You can also connect with Pastor Daniel on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram through the links you'll find at the bottom of the page. That website again is JesusIsRealRadio.com. Next time on Jesus Is Real Radio, Pastor Daniel will continue looking at how God stayed in there with Elijah during a low point in his life. You'll see how the Lord pursued him even when he was mired in fear, giving him direction and a way forward. Part of what God wanted Elijah to do was to start preparing Elisha to replace him. Pastor Daniel will encourage you to be intentional about spiritually investing in the people in your life. You've been listening to Jesus Is Real Radio with Pastor Daniel Fusco of Crossroads Community Church. Pastor Daniel will continue teaching through this series called Crisis. Until then, may God bless.